Tzvi Zev ben Moshe Menachem Olav Asholem. Who was the other sponsor we had last night? What was his name? Tzvi Moshe ben Eliezer. So somebody pointed out that last night and today, both Zecher Nishmas are both Tzvi. And we were learning Daf Tzav. It was interesting. Okay, so Zecher Nishmas Tzvi Zev ben Moshe Menachem. Real quickly about the Nifter. Dear Eli, it's Lili Nishmas Meshver. Professor Harry Freeman, who's a university professor scientist as well as a Lamdan, well versed in Kabbalah, and so much more. They sent me a whole voice note with a pshat that he said, beautiful pshat, born in Frankfurt in 1931, grew up during the pre war years, and was hidden as a child for two years in a small apartment in Antwerp. The encounter that guided his entire life was when you hear this one encounter guided his whole life. Some neighborhood Gaish kids were making fun of the fact that he believed in Hashem and claimed that all existing in the world was, was, that was true was pure science. So at that moment he decided to become a scientist and prove the existence of Hashem through science. Something he did until literally his last hours of Olam Hazeh. V'chulu, v'chulu, I'm not going to go into the pshat, very nice pshat, and kofa alem harkegigis, the neshama should have an aliyah. Here's a beautiful, beautiful email. Unfortunately, he wants to rename, uh, remain anonymous. Thanks to the eight-minute daf, the subject, our 15-year-old severely dyslexic son made a siyum on Mesechtas Brachas. Dear Rebelli Shlita, I wish to share with you this amazing achievement and an incredible experience of Shepping Yiddish Nachas. We have this chus of your eight-minute daf. You know me personally. Uh, I wish to remain anonymous. We have a son who has been diagnosed with a severe case of dyslexia. He can barely read a straight line of Chumash, even with Nekudas, not to mention without Nekudas. After years and years of untiring efforts, we invested, trying many different methods, different methods, exercises, remedies, you name it. We found ourselves financially, mentally, and emotionally thoroughly exhausted and with a very unmotivated young yeshiva bacher, very distressing to us all, to say the least. The yeshiva system he's currently in is not particularly exciting. This, this person, I know him, is a very hush of a person, and a lot of people know him in the neighborhood, is not particularly excited or attracted to him. Even though he's a very sharp and bright kid, he has a very hard with staying focused and has a very short concentration span, which makes learning Gemara so much more challenging for him. Needless to say, he was convinced Gemara learning is not for him. Now, being quarantined at home over this corona period, seeing, my, seeing me following your daily eight-minute daf yoimi, as I often use it for Chazara, I encouraged him to follow from the beginning of Brachas. He instantly got very excited, the call for charts, and all the other visual aids is just what he needed. Obviously, reading the Gemara inside is certainly a non-starter for him, following your, your full shir. It's also overwhelming for him. But the eight-minute dab was a tailor-made gift from heaven made just for him. He set aside a daily kfiz, watching the eight-minute daf, absorbing the ideas and concepts. Baruch Hashem, much tower of delight, made a grand seam on the entire brachas last week on Shavuos in our home. What an amazing achievement and great Yiddish nachas to us and of course to himself. But the real credit goes to you, the amazing enjoyable magachir. He's now so excited and motivated that he decided on his own to carry on with the eight-minute daf in Sechel Shabbos and is already holding on daf Zayin. I hope that by the time he gets to daf Lamed, hey, there's a few gaps over there. And pay Gimel. I'm not going to mention about the daf in Shuas. Wow, okay, beautiful. What? It's not like I'm not trying. I, I, didn't, I didn't invite Shabbos in, it just came. Shabbos came. Record last night. I couldn't record it of Shabbos. Oh boy, I'm in big, big trouble. And our editor, 
is going out of town this morning. So we got a problem. Okay, uh, it may never have occurred to you when putting in so many hours preparing these incredible masterpieces of work that not only yeshiva light and balibatim will benefit greatly for them. This guy is a real yeshiva guy, a real chashiva person. But you will also bring an underachieving dyslexic teenager on board and give him the geshmaket tam in a black yamara. We're eternally grateful to you and your team for all the work you put in here. The team, you, Gary, you, you guys up there. May Hashem give you all the koyach to go, Mechayel, Choyel, Bing, Marbitz, Torah, and Mechadashim, Shomayim, Barabim, Amen. Forever great for parents. Big Chamesh. Shkoyach Gadol, thank you for the beautiful email. Rabbi Say, send in your email, send in your pictures. It's uh, beautiful stuff. It's very Mechazik. It's Mechazik me, Mechazik the team, Mechazik everybody that hears them. Beautiful. Good morning, everybody. Again, these are the usuals. I see the same guys every time. I need another page. Shmuli Lemmer and Shlemi Klein. Oh, because it's Sunday, so Shlemi Klein is on. Rabbi Isai, I want to give a tremendous accord to the Shlemi Klein. He sent me a tremendous amount of coffee. I never got it. But the Yeratzen Ki'ilu, I got it. That's, that's the Israeli uh, post office, and I really appreciate it, especially now that I have uh, a lot of coffee from uh, Harry Shalom. But Yeratzin, I consider it Shlaimi as if you gave me a lot of coffee. Amikabla, Bahava, thank you, Yishkoyach, thanks. All right. We are holding on Daf Tzadik Beis, Omd Beis, Tzvi, for the two Tzvis, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. We're discussing Shnaim Shosu. If two people do a Malacha on Shabbos, two people carry something outside. Chayev, not Chayev, we had, there's basically three, three cases. Either two people are carrying something really light, where each one could carry it on his own, or that is a case of they're doing it, that's not the way to carry something, you don't need a second person. So that should be similar to uh, they have two people carrying a very heavy object. And that is more likely. That's something that we do. Two people carry a refrigerator. That's normal. That's the, the way to do it. Why would I say that he's potter? It makes sense that two people are carrying it. They're each carrying a tremendous amount of weight. They should be both chayiv. And then we have a case that one of the people could carry it on his own. But the second one cannot carry it on his own. Let me ask you a question. Like, I'm just curious to see how, how you think on your own, on your, your own svar, and everybody on Zoom is welcome to pitch in with a thumbs up or thumbs down. You have a case where somebody could carry it on his own. Comes along another individual, you could picture in your mind a little weakling, this big, big muscle guy, and then a little weakling comes and helps him out. The weakling can't carry it on his own. The strong guy can carry it on his own. They both did it together. What's that? Lacha? Machlaikis. This weakling that carried it, that helps him, is he a weakling? Or he could be also a really, really strong guy that could carry it on his own. He just happens to be using his pinky. You hear the Shiloh? Right now, it's not on his own. Right now, he's using his pinky. And as is, he cannot carry it on his own. Perhaps no, he could carry it on his own, and therefore it's not a, a good case. This is not a good example, because this guy works out all day long. He has huge muscles. 
And he could carry it on his own. He's just, just, he decided not to. That's not considered a guy that can't carry it on his own. What do you guys think? This is a good case or not a good case? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, anybody on Zoom? Thumbs down. In Crown Heights, they say thumbs down. What do they say? He says in between, because he's going to say machloikas. That's uh, Bloomberg. Or Bloomberg. No, what do you guys say? Anybody? Again? Should I say the Shaila again? No. What do you say? He could do it by himself. He's very strong. Just he's using his pinky right now. Is that considered? Right now he's not helping. He's helping a little bit. A pinky's worth. Who cares? Well, okay. You're saying it's a shinui? One pound worth. He's helping out on one pound. Without him, he could. The Ruvain is very strong. He could hold himself. Shimon is also very strong. He could hold himself. But he's using a pinky. That's what I'm asking. No, so I'm saying Taisus says on Tzadikim Alam Adal, if you look in Dibra Maskal Omar Mar, the middle of the page, nearly, Dayani Yochal, Hainu Afilu Balkoya Kharbe, a very, very strong man. Says Taisus, even this guy that's using one finger, he right now is a guy that any Yochal. Interesting. I just want to know. I thought maybe you guys would think something different. Says the Gemara What is the source of the whole machlokes here? The Tanurah Banon Baasoiso. It says in the pasuk, "Vim nevesh achas techto b'shgogo miyama oretz baasoiso." Achas we call him mitzvahs baasoiso. He did it. He did the avera. What's baasoiso? Tavtzadik beis on beis, like four lines from the bottom. It's like two words. He does it. It means he has to do the full Avera. If two people are holding onto a pitchfork, and they start doing, they start piling up wheat. What is that called? Ma'amer. It's the Malach of Ma'amer, piling it up. Bikirkar Vishoiftin. So we're gonna talk a little bit about it at the end of this year. But there's a stick that goes right over here where this yellow guy is, and it pushes down the the or right over here maybe, pushes down the, the chassis. Some sort of stick that pushes down these guys. So two two people hold on to the stick. Bikulmos. On a pen, two people hold on to a pen and start writing. Bikana, or to a piece of wood. I would think, in other words, and each one could do any one of these acts by himself. He doesn't need the other guy. So we learn from the Pasuk Ba'asoisa. You have to do the entire malachi yourself. You can't have help from anybody else. Top of What they would do in those days, they wanted the figs to last all year. So they would take a barrel and stuff it with figs. Stuff and stuff and stuff. It hardened, dried out, whatever. And then they would undo the barrel. And what do they have? This round chunk of... Now how much does that thing weigh? A ton. I don't know. Not a ton, literally, but... I don't know, 
150 pounds. You know, a full barrel full of figs. It's very heavy. So you need two people for that. Bekoira, a large beam, Voitsu Lushusarabim. Rabbi the Oimim Yachal Echaloitsio, Voitsu Shnaim Chayavim. Rabbi the says, This is the Derek to carry it. You usually need two people, two movers, so both are Chayiv. Vimlav, Pturim. If one of them could do it himself, so the two of them together, they are Potter, that's not the Derek to do it. Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Afal Bishlo Yachal Echaloitsio. Even if one by himself cannot do it, and they did it anyway, they're both potter. The Gemara is going to learn that from the Pesukim. So Reb Shimon takes this to the extreme, and he says, even if it's an extremely heavy object, and typically two people take it out, so it's the normal way to do it. It's not a shinui like you called it. It's the normal way. It's the derech. Nevertheless, Potter, Shnaim Shosua, he takes it literally all the way to the end. The easiest case, he says, is Potter. So, where's the Machlaikis? So, Reb Shimon says, if you look at the Pasuk here, Nefesh. Doesn't say Nefeshes. Nefesh means. One individual. Achas, one individual. Basoisa, he does it. One, one individual. So the Pasuk is telling you three times it's an individual. So it's three miyutim. Three cases of a non-individual, of two people doing something, that they are a potter. And he learns like this. Nefesh techto, achas techto, basoisa techto. What does that mean? You take this green word techto. Oh, it's up there. You guys, you guys can look if you can't see it here. Givaldic. You take each one of the red words and you put it together with the green. Nefesh techto, achas techto, basoisa techto. Each way, now what? Three individual limudim. Chad limute zeoiker vizemeniach. Now, if you have one meal in the Pasuk, what would you come to exclude? The simplest case, the easiest case to exclude. And that is, You have on, in Hilcha Shabbos, you need an Akira and a Hanacha, you need, in order to be over an Aitzah, you need to do two things. You need to lift it off the ground, and walk into another domain and put it down on the ground, or put it down within three tfachim, whatever it is we learned yesterday. Kira da So if Reuven did that kira and Shimon did the hanacha, you don't have these things. You're missing. So that's the easiest case. That's Pashat. You didn't do that kira that we had in the first mission of the Masechta. What's the first mission of the Masechta? If a guy is holding something in his hand, and he takes it out to Rosh Hashanah, and somebody else removes it from his hand and puts it down in Rosh Hashanah, the first, they're both potter, because they didn't do Akir and Anacha. So, that's Chad Lemutei Zeoikev Zemaniach. Now, since I have a second Limud, what am I going to do? I'm going to use it for the second easiest case. And what is that? The Chad Lemutei Zeoikev Vezeoikev. If both of them could lift a loaf of bread, it's a small loaf of bread, like we had in yesterday's Mishnah, then these guys are doing something different, weird. 
unusual. And if they both carry one loaf of bread from Rosh Hashayach, this is a rabbin, they're potter. How do I know it? From the second meter in the Pasuk. Achas techta. So the first, nefesh techta, that's the simplest case. Achas techta is the second simplest case. If both of them, so here's the extreme case. If both of them cannot do the malach by themselves, it's a really heavy refrigerator, a beam, or this funny picture, I don't know why he did this, a really, really, really heavy loaf of bread that they both can't do it by themselves, each one individually won't be able to do it. I think he's trying to be funny or something, I don't know. Yoni. That doesn't uh, break, okay, fight. Yeah, but better is an is a, is a example from the Gemara. Eagle Shadvela Kaira, a beam, a steel beam from Manhattan is like more like it. Okay, fine. Let me show that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, okay. No, because he was trying to. Product placement, says Avi. But it was, it was, I think he was trying to compare it because his other picture was a small loaf of bread. It was two people only. So this was a large, okay, whatever. We're not going to go into Yoni now. He's a great artist, and we really appreciate the fact that he lets us use his pictures. So I'm not going to start criticizing, what? That's what he was saying, that it's going to break. That's, that's Yaakov. Yaakov Rosedale said they could break. Right, you can't do it on your own, whatever. You can't get through the doorway and, and maneuver, so you need to know. Right, okay, fine. So that's a huge chiddush. The fact that I cannot lift this myself, either it's too heavy or it's whatever it is, whatever the reason is, I can't do it myself. And my friend comes and helps me. We both can't do it by ourselves. Together we move it outside. To say that we're both potter, that's huge. Says, says Gemari, that's what I learned from the third limud. The Rebbe Yehuda... But he doesn't learn that case. On that third case, he's mucholik. Why? I, he admits, Rabbi Huda doesn't argue that there's three limudim. He says there are three limudim. But guess what? I need the third limud for something else completely, a different halacha. So I'm only stuck with two. I'm left with two limudim. If I'm left with two limudim, I can only learn the first two things. And the third big chidosh, I don't have what to learn. I can't learn it. So he says, the simplest case. One limud in the pasuk comes to tell me if Reuven did akira, he lifted up from Rishus Hayachid, brought it out to Rishus Rabim, and then Vezemaniach and somebody else, Shimon, takes it out of Reuven's hand and puts it down. We call him in the Mishnah Ani, whatever. And the second meal comes to say the in-between case, somewhat of a chiddush, that if both. Rachimim, right over here, man. Right over here. He's looking at the screen. I'm two feet away from you. What are you looking? <laughs> I looked better in the screen. Great, thank you. Yeah. They say the opposite. No, they say that the screen like adds weight or something. I turn like you have to turn quick. If I turn quick enough, I can catch myself <laughs> talking. There's a delay, Rabbi said. There's a, like a two second delay, so I could actually watch my own cheer. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> but, <laughs> you guys know I'm into myself. I need a screen of myself over there. Forget the whole Zoom. I just want to watch myself the whole year. 
<laughs> yeah, it's coming, okay. 75 inch, please, thanks. So the second one comes to exclude when both of them can do it. But they happen to be crazy, lazy, and they're both carrying, like in Yoni's picture, one loaf of bread out the door. Crazy. That the Torah tells us, Potter. Why? That we can understand. It's It's not a normal thing. Even lazy people, and I know a lot of them, don't carry one loaf of bread from one... It's, it's actually a very hard thing to do, you know, not to trip over each other and carry it. So if you do it like that, potter. That's the second meal. Now what does he do with the third meal? Why shouldn't we use the third meal for the big chiddush? Zayni yachov, zayni yachov. They both cannot do it, and they do it together, you should be potter. Why? Because I need that third chiddush, that third meal, for a case where Sanhedrin says... Go ahead and do Navera. Today it's mutter to eat. Chalev, they say. Says the Torah, oh, you made a mistake because Bezdin lied to you. They made, a, they made a mistake and they told you you could. You potter. That's what the Pasuk says. Reb Shimon, Since Reb Shimon is using that limud, the third limud, to tell me the case, the unbelievable case of two people that are carrying a really heavy object. And they bring it out to Rishon Rabbim, they're both potter. So Rishon now doesn't have a way to learn that if Bezin tells you to do something that's Asr, that you're potter. So he's going to have to hold that if Bezin tells you to do something that's Asr, you are actually chayiv. You should know better than Bezin. You should know better than the Sanhedrin. I just thought about something. It's very interesting. Okay? It's not our sugya. But sometimes when Sanhedrin, even Sanhedrin, imagine, Mordechai, Mordechai Tzadik, and they tell you, do something that you know it's Asr, you learned in yeshiva's asr. You don't listen. I, they told you. You have to know better. You can't just blame Dalim. You can't just blame. If you know better, then you can't blame people. Look, it only says techta one time in green. Why are you saying that each, each red goes with the green? It doesn't say that. Therefore, a mayor is to the exact extreme, the opposite extreme. There's only two miyutim. What are two miyutim? Nefesh achas goes together, says Reb Meir. Nefesh achas. This is how you talk. When people say, one nefesh, that's how you say it. You don't say nefesh. That's how the, the Torah talks like people. Nefesh techta. Nefesh achas. And then you have basoisa. Okay, so Rameh agrees that if one person does Akira and the other person does Anacha, they are Potur. So Rameh skips all these Mi'utim. And therefore he holds that even in a case, the middle case, of weirdos carrying out a small, pe- a small loaf of bread, and it's Mamish not the Derek to do it. The mayor holds that they are chayiv because he has zero limud for it. He only has two limudim to start off with. He's mechulik on Rabbi Yehuda and Shimon to begin with. He says this pasuk only includes two limudim. One of them goes, you're right, one of them goes for a case of shnaim shasua, meaning one is the akira, one is the anacha. But when two of them are doing it, when they could do it individually, they could lift it by themselves and they're doing it together, there is no limud for that. I need that limud, the second limud, to tell me the case of 
Sanhedrin telling you to do something, that you are potter. In a case, a guy has a lot of muscles, and he could lift it by himself. The other guy is a weakling, or as Taisa said, he's using one finger. But who's Chayev? Which one do you think is Chayev? What makes the most sense? And what about the guy that's really strong? He's Potter. The guy that's really strong, he can lift it by himself, and then a little kid comes in and helps him with a finger. So the, the guy with the finger is Chayev, and the guy that's really strong is Potter? No such thing. That was never Havamina. So Taisus maybe explains that that was Pasha that that guy is Chayev, but the question is, is even the other guy Chayev? Okay. Hey, Minayu Chayev. Of course, that one that's strong and he's lifting it, he's doing it all by himself, and the other guy comes and assists him, that guy, the sister, is nothing. What is he doing? He didn't do anything. Like uh, you were asking before. What, what did the guy accomplish? He didn't do anything. What do you mean, what was he doing? He helped out a little bit. He, he lifted five pounds out of the hundred. He didn't need him, but he did lift. He did lift. Don't need and yes need. A lot of things you don't need, but I carried on Chavez. I carried five pounds. Okay, what? Yeah, but you, can, you can't come along and make a shina for me. Who says you can make a shina for me? Okay, so here's the next, here's the next line. Omar didn't say that. Listen to this. Omar Mamish. It's nothing for me. So look at Rashi, Dibra Maskal, Mamish, just so we get it. He says it a, a lot better than I could ever say. Mamish. A person who's only helping out. He himself cannot do it. You could still say what Tyson is saying, that he cannot do it with his pinky. And maybe he could do it if he used all his strength. But it, the way he's doing it right now, he can't do it by himself. He cannot, he's not adding anything. He's nothing. He's a zero, big fat zero. And he and certainly is not going to make a shinui or whatever you were saying for the guy that's strong. He can do it on his own. So now the Gemara brings a number of rayas. Now, check this out. Again, let's think about this for a moment before we jump into it. If somebody's laying on a bed, on a bed, how much does each one of the feet of the bed carry in terms of his weight? Quarter each. That's what you say. Quarter each. 25% each. Now, what if I remove one of the legs? I remove one of the legs. The bed's going to fall down. So how much, how much now? Does, does it change the way you were thinking about it? If each leg is so important that without it, the whole bed would collapse, right? You have a table, any, anything, anything that's four-legged, and I remove one leg, it will fall down on the floor. So is it only 25% that it holds? Perhaps it holds more. Perhaps halachically, we have to view it as if each leg holds 100%. Not that it physically holds 100%, but since without it, it would collapse, so halachically, it has an importance as if it's 100%. Because each one without itself, there would be nothing. 
the way to look at it. It sounds funny, and that's how the Gemara really remains. If this Zav, this guy that has all the Tumah, he's a Zav, and a Zav creates, first of all, he could touch, that's Mago, but there's something much worse than Mago called Medras, which we learned just recently. So he's on a bed, laying on a bed, he creates the, the worst Tumah, very strong Tumah, but there's a halacha when it comes to medrash. As Rashi points out here, medrash has to be most of his weight. Roiv gufo, it has to be most of his weight. Talios means talesim. Tachats ragli amito. Each leg is standing and putting weight on one talus. Now, according to you, Shmuel, that a, that a bed, that each leg only holds up 25% of the person's weight, body weight, then the talus underneath that leg should be tar. Why? Because we just said that in order to have tumma from a zav, medris, it has to hold most of his weight. So it has to have at least 51%. 25% weight is not enough to make it tummy. And if you can divide all his weight between the four legs, there shouldn't be any tumma to the, any of the talisim. Yet it says here, tmeyos. Every one of the four talisim are tamei. Why? And it goes on to explain. Since the bed cannot physically stand on three, so it's like zeni yachal zeni yachal. It's like our case. Each one cannot do it by itself. Each leg by itself is nothing. So each one is chayiv. Naftali, you're enjoying that way too much. It's not even a chart. It's just me. Look, I'm right here. When I'm bigger over there, what am I doing? Is it bigger? Is it larger than real life? <laughs> By the way, guys, uh, I mean, you should speak to Gary. I don't want to get it involved, but I think that uh, that ticker on the bottom probably could go off like after a few minutes. I don't think we needed the entire share. No, I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> what? <laughs> right. Okay. So we should have like this, uh, like a scale, I should say. <laughs> the, no, so they said, a few people said they don't like when it moves. It's distracting. So we, we keep it in one thing. But the question is, for how long? Also, how much did I read in the email? Which I don't like to do. But if there's a lot, okay, whatever. Yeah, one fan to that. Fine. Rib Okay, so Rib Shimim is Why? He says each one is considered a msayeya, each one is helping out, and therefore it's nothing. A msayeya, we said, ain't boy mamish, nothing. You said a msayeya, a helper is nothing. Each leg is a helper, and helpers, though, they, they don't have any value, and therefore, if Shimon says, what about on an animal? Instead of a bed, you have an animal. The same case. The animal could balance itself on three legs. Over here also say that each leg is a helper. So here you see that helpers are not considered anything. No, perhaps... A helper is something valuable. 
Maybe by the animal's case is something completely different. It actually lifted up its leg completely. It's actually standing on three legs. And sometimes we don't know which one it lifted up. And therefore, it should be like Tomei Misafik. It should be like a flipping over Zav. A Zav that lays down on a number of benches, tables, beds. Have a picture here. Here, you have five benches, five tables, call it whatever you want. Depends how the Zav is laying down. If the Zav is laying down this way, like the red, so then it comes out that each table is not carrying his full weight. You have to have roiv weight, and it's not. It's spread out on five tables. Uh, he was, that, that was around his head. This is under him. Okay, now, this guy, blue, is, does make this table tame. Okay? Because he's laying la'irech. He's on the length. His oirech of his body is on the length of the table. But if he's laying like the red on the roichav, he's not tame. Why? Because each table is supporting a fifth of his weight. And that's not enough for tumah. Pundais is a money belt. Same idea, same thing. Just there's a little chiddush there. The money belts, a zav cannot make anything tame, we said. If, let's say, he sits on a pail and the woman wants to do sponge, she says, So on a money belt also, we should say, says Rashi, I could get into my money. I could, don't worry, I could get to my money. He's not, uh, I open up the zipper, pull out the money. Fine. But it's the same idea. If he lies to the Reichav, Tar, Yashen, what if this guy is lying like this and he fell asleep? Red could turn into blue while you're sleeping. You don't know what direction you're going. Some people start moving around on their beds, especially an uncomfortable table. He might go, Lairach, and make a table tame. Yashen, something is happening to me. And therefore what? How come by an uh, animal we don't say that misafik it should be tame? Everything should be tzafik tame. Maybe he lifted this leg and put all those weight on that. Maybe he did that. We don't, how come by animal you don't say everything should be tame misafik? Just like we say, just like when he went to sleep, maybe he turned around. So maybe an animal put all its weight, lifted the other leg, not that leg that you think. At the end of the day, we have to say that an animal also each leg doesn't accomplish anything. It's just helping out. And a helper is nothing, is zero. And therefore, the talus that's under a helper is nothing. But each one is a helper. So all the talisim are, are, are taught. I'll bring you another ayah. A horse... If you put talesim, depends which four of its feet. The four legs, they become tame. The hind legs, not. Because the way a horse is built, he puts his body weight forward and not back. So he can lift up his back legs. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you ever got one of those, it's called in Hebrew, zugia. It's not a comfortable thing. I didn't really get one, but I almost did. If you start off with a horse and you play around with its tail or whatever, it puts its weight on its front and it'll give you a nice gizunta kick with its rear leg. So... 
I'm not saying that, but it could. It doesn't do the opposite. Usually, well, you know, sometimes the horses, they jump up. But okay, fine. I'm not, that's not the right. The point is, for whatever reason the Gemara says, horse goes on its forelegs. Hachamar is the reverse, araglov. He puts its weight on its rear legs. That's why if you put a talus underneath its rear legs, and you're a zav, and you, you're sitting on the horse, on the, on the chamar, the, the, the talus becomes tame. And if you put the talus on the forelegs, on a chamar, it's not tame. Because that's not where its weight is. Shemeshan is asos al yodov, on the forelegs, v'chamar araglov. V'amai, hokam Even the back ones of the horse should be tame, the helping out. So what's the answer? Helpers are nothing. We don't care about helpers. Go away, goodbye. I forgot what he said before, but some lashon like... <laughs> We care about the 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 end. The end result. The, the guy's just a helper. Fine. Yeah. The what? Three legs are. Yeah. Right. That was before. But now we're not even talking about that. Now we're talking about four to three. Four to three. Yeah. No. Over here we're talking about four. He's on his front two legs. Those are the. the but the Gemara is saying two. Two, you agree that a horse can't stay on two. So how come if you put something on the back leg, it's tar? Because he's still a helper. Still a helper. Omer Ravashi. We're talking about a koyin. That does avoida, like we learned in Kachim, koyin, his feet, he's barefoot. Why? Because his feet need to be on the floor of the Beis Hamikdash. He cannot be on some sort of device or anything else. Even on a shoe. He can't wear a shoe. So certainly he cannot be on a cleave. So if he is semi on the floor, one foot and one foot up, one is on a stone, it depends. Right? We have the same Allah in Shemana If you're leaning, let's say, on a shtender, is that okay? No, it's not okay. If I take the shtender away and fall flat on your face, then it's a, a problem. Obviously, if you're an old person, and that's the only way to do it. But, you know, some people like to go like this, lean. That's a problem, because if I remove that from you, and you're going to fall, then it's as if you leaned, and you're not allowed to lean. Same thing here. If I take out this stone, and, you, and the coin flops down on his face, then the stone accomplished a lot. Then he's using, like Shmuel was saying before, three to two, two to three, whatever. If I need all that weight, if it's holding up my weight, push it, then the coin was not yoytza da because he's not on the floor. If he could remain standing on one, he's able to balance himself. Then it's great. Who cares if he could carry all his weight on one foot? He has a helper. The helper guy. Yeah, okay, he could do it. Yeah, I'll start going like this and I'll get out of balance. But right now he's not doing that. He's not balancing himself on one foot. The other foot is, is, is helping him. 25%, 10%, whatever he's doing. At the end of the day, it doesn't help me anything. Another Allah we learned extensively in Zvachim, Menachas. You, you have to do the Avaidah with your right hand. You do, if a coin does it with his left hand, Avaidah Psula. So what happens? We had this also in Brachas, for instance. When you hold the Kiddush cup, you have to hold it with your right hand. You're not allowed to even assist with your left. It's not considered. So, says the Gemara. 
he did the Kabbalah Saddam, the blood is streaming out of the animal's neck and he grabs the Kli and he, he does Kabbalah Saddam, he grabs the blood, he, he captures the blood, but he's, he's being helped by his left hand. It's kosher. How come say about the other daddy? At the end of the day, he has a helper. So go back to the rat. It has no mamish mamino. If two people could carry the small loaf of bread, Rameir Mechayev, Rameir says, you are Chayev. Great question. What's the shear of taking out bread? If an individual takes out bread, how much bread is he Chayev? A gregaris, a dried fig. Now they have two people that take out the bread. Do you need two figs? One fig per person? Yes, they're doing it together. In order to be Chayev though, or each guy, or they're taking out one fig, and they're still chayiv because each one took out a whole fig together. B'shutfus. Anytime you have shutfus, anytime you have a partnership, you have that question throughout Shas. It's like the oldest question in Shas. When you and I own a building together, do we each own the entire building individually? Or I own 50% and you own 50%. You understand the question? Do we own each molecule together? Or there's, we're, we're, we're divided somewhere. We don't know where it is, but 50 is mine, 50 is yours. You could say no, that each person owns 100% halakhically. Each part of the building is his 100%. So the same kind of question here. At the end of the day, each one, if, if you're going to break it up and say each one took out a half a gregaris, it's no chiv, because Shabbos, you need a gregaris. But you'll say no, each one, even though there's only one gregaris there, each one halakhically took out the whole thing. That's how shutfus works. That's how a partnership works. One of them says, yes, you need two gregaris, you need two figs. So now the Gemara is interesting, just like before we brought a ton of rice to Misayim, but now we have a bunch of rice for this. Here's the Zov was on top of a bed. And under each leg there was a talus, Tmeois, they're all Tomei. Tomei. Because we explained the bed cannot stand on three legs. You're the question. How could one Zov give Tuma to four different Talaisim? One zav could only give tumah to one. You need four zavim for that. Each zav is only one shear. You need a roiv, roiv of his body weight on each talus, and you don't have roiv of his body weight. Elomai, when there's a partnership of legs, you view it halachically as if the zav is on 100% on each leg. Halachically. Not scale-wise, but in svara-wise, in logic-wise. In other words, we literally look at it as the Zav is 100% on each leg. A deer goes into a house, and one guy locked the door, that's considered trapping. And if two people took the door together and, and closed the door, they trapped it. But if it's a giant door like in Shar, what is it called over there in Yerushalayim? The Shar Yafo, thank you. Wow, that was quick. Shar Yafo, the thing weighs, I don't know, thousands of pounds, and one guy can't do it by himself. And there's a, there's a nice uh, 
the deer and you try to trap it, and you try to trap it so it's two people that, that push the door. You need two deers. One deer is good enough for one person. How is one deer a trapping for two people? How could two people be chayav on one deer? If two people stole, now, if, two pe- if one person steals something, what does he have to pay back? Kefal, double. When do you pay Dalit v'chamisho? When you steal an animal and you shecht it. If you steal a sheep, four, because they had the busha. Steal an ox, five. Five times the amount you stole, you have to pay back. What happens if two people stole together and two people shechted it? They took the knife and they went like this. Chayovim, they have to pay four times the amount, five times the amount. You need enough to shecht for each one individually. Another right. is right over here. Pretend this yellow thing. When you're done putting in your, your, your stuff, you take the kana and you push everything backwards. You, you make it nice and tight with a, with a stick that goes right through. So two people did it. Chayovim, both of them are Each one should do like a shear of a begot, whatever the shear is. Wait a minute. He's jumping off. Don't bring me a raya from the special stick. Maybe the special stick, the shear is not to make a begot and to do something with the loom. The shear is to put it on a fire and burn, to make an egg. How many, somebody just wrote me, uh, Avram Ben Zev wrote me, uh, how many calories do you need? He did a whole research. How many calories the stick has to be in order to make a fire? So the, you take the stick, and it's a larger stick. I can make two eggs. Maybe that's what's going on here. So then why are you talking about a case of a gardi, of a loom? Just say stick. End the story. We're just going to go to the Mishnah. Don't worry about it. But who told you? Okay, so it's talking about a loom. But maybe the, it's a, such a stick that has enough, it's long enough that it can make two small clothings out of it. Okay, great. No, let's scratch that one raya. We learned that two people that took out this gardi loom thing, their potter, it's the exact opposite. What's going on here? Rib Shimon is the whole the whole time he's consistent saying that Shnaim Shay Tsiua a potter. He's the most he's the most makel and throughout the whole Shabbos. Makel, makel, makel. What do you tell me now? He's Chayev? You're right. Rib Shimon Poiter. In fact, it's Rib Shimon, not gonna get ready. It's a little tell him. Rib Shimon is the one that says, You are a potter. We have to flip it around. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Tonight, if you want to hear the shear again, 915. Yes? What do you say? Yeah. Oh, from where? From Harrisville? Harris, Pennsylvania. Wow. Okay. Shalom Aleichem, Jeff. Yankee Krause from Bar Parker. Another Bar Parker. Uh, uh, Ellie Dykeman, say Shalom Aleichem to your buddy over there from Bar Park. You saw Goldstein. Another Bar Park. Yeah. Who? Ellie Broad. <laughs>
Of course, but Yoeli, I don't understand. Yoeli, I told you, you got to bring some guys from Lakewood. I need more guys from Lakewood. All right, everybody, so we're going to do some Tehillim now. Yishkoyach, thank you, everybody. A little bit Tehillim, then we'll shmooze for a minute or two. Thank you.